This episode brought to you by Field Notes brand, USA-made memo books and other products, including seasonal limited editions. Visit fieldnotesbrand.com, or if you're in Chicago, go to their store at 400 North May. You're watching Numerology Broadcast Television. Welcome back to MBT coverage of the 2016 Olympic Games. I'm Bob Countsness. And I'm Ryan Threecrest. How you doing, Ryan? Good, Bob. It's been a great day in Rio, hasn't it? Oh, you're telling me. Here we are in beautiful Rio de Janeiro. Coordinates are 22.9 degrees south by 43.17 degrees west. Add them together, multiply by two hosts, divide by our network affiliate station channel 11, KBB12, and you'll get our weight. Just amazing. Just amazing. I'm having so much fun here. Of course, I knew I would, because if you add together all the dates that we've been here, it adds up to a seven. Oh, 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 oh. stop right there, Ryan. <laughs> oh, but keep going. Well, you know what they say about seven days. You get great inner strength with them. Very peaceful, very nature loving and very poised, which all makes for a great time at the Olympics and great for our athletes. Absolutely. And what better speaks to poise, grace, and the outdoors than the indoor swimming championships? That's right. Let's do a quick recap of today's action. Leading the top story, as everybody knows, Olympic swimming phenomenon Michael Phelps captured his 22nd gold medal, making him the most decorated Olympic athlete in the history of the United States and the modern Olympic Games. Now, I could have told you this was going to happen. Michael Phelps is now 29 years old. He has 22 medals. He started winning Olympic gold when he was 21. He 21 his first Olympic medal eight years ago. 29 minus 8, 21. It was already written in the stars. Ryan? Beautiful analysis, Bob. Of course, if you've been paying attention much at all, you'd know that was the case all along. Also in the women's events today for swimming, Katie Ledecky, the American women's swimming phenom, comes out and wins another gold for the U.S. and also sets a world record. As everybody knows, that brings Katie's total up to six medals today for a girl who is six feet tall, who actually met Michael Phelps when she was how old, Bob? Six. Whoa! Well, I'll tell you what, though, there's still a little room for her to grow. She was actually born on March 17th, 1997, so I wouldn't be surprised if there was one more gold medal waiting for her out there. Well, Bob, I think that's going to be a hell of a trick because uh, the swimming's done for this Olympics, but the numbers have spoken the numbers and don't have count spoken. it out until that's the right. closing ceremony. You can't <laughs> deny the numbers and fate. She is a don't deny hell of fate. an archer. I think she can jump well. And from the algae pits of the Olympic swimming venue, we move over to the structurally unstable gymnastics pavilion, while the United States women's gymnastics team continues its unprecedented juggernaut crush through the competition. No, I don't have to tell you, we're going into this with a loaded gun, so to speak, as there are seven women on the United States Olympic team. Coincidence? Hell no. (laughs) That's right, although only five of them actually made it to Rio to compete. And who was born on March 14th, won four, and has won five medals so far? That's right. Simone Biles, B-I-L-E-S. Five letters, five competing ladies. With two alternates. With Don't two forget. alternates. 
which if you add it to five, makes up seven, which if you add up two and five, gets you Simone Biles' birth year, 1997. I mean, you can't, you can't make this stuff up. You can't make this stuff up, Bob. Ryan, I don't want to alarm you, but I've just gotten more information. There are three alternates bringing the number of the full team to eight. How does this affect you, Ryan? Well, you know what? I should have seen that. I, we, we both should have seen that, Bob, because if you add up the heights of all five members competing there in Rio, what do you get, Bob? Eight. Two correct. Don't forget, this is the 2016 Olympics. 16 divided by two. two. You're going to get eight. You we should have eight. seen that coming. Oh, a lot of hot action in gymnastics. Truly an amazing and completely preordained gymnastics squad. You can't make this stuff up. You can't make it up. You sure can't. All right, we've got to leave for a quick word from our sponsors. Old Man Addington's Adding Machines, the only adding machine that carries the one so you don't have to. Boy, Bob, I can't wait for synchronized swimming. That's when the points can really double. Oh, we'll be back after this break. Hopefully not. <laughs> I mean, that that is truly taking the term mathletes to a whole new level. <laughs> nice. Well played. Burned it. Yeah. Right off the bat. How, how's uh, how's everybody doing? How, Hello, how's, everyone. How's it going? I'm David Flora. I'm Dave Stacco. Welcome to Blurry Photos once yeah, again. wandered into this, the 2016 Blurry Photos. <laughs> find it remarkably similar to the 2015 <laughs> it, it it is a bit tis a bit we're we're all all bowdy bowdy and rowdy rowdy today with with this, this subject huh damn right uh, as i always so often say if you failed to uh read the title on your podcast welcome to numerology <laughs> <laughs> uh we got a got a whole episode talking to you about numerology one that i've uh been anxious to get to for a while yeah also called numberism by nobody. <laughs> yeah. D- divin numbers. Divin, divin, divin numeral. Dervin, 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 Dervin Ravenclaw, my, my goth character. <laughs> uh, numerology, that's, that's what we're going to be talking about because, uh, you know, we haven't tasted of some nice, delicious new age. Lately, and this is part of Dave. This was part of the course that I had to take uh, to get my diploma from the old. <laughs> Flora just reached off the wall, grabbed his Stratford Career Institute. <laughs> uh, yep, yep, his diploma. My diploma in astrology and parapsychology. <laughs> did Did you know that they they no longer offer that course, Dave? What? So that might be worth something. <laughs> yeah. The, the, the actual paper that it's on might be worth something. Yeah, it's a collectible item now. But uh, it was one of the one of the things I had to, to quote-unquote study in there, and I got this book, The Secret Science of Numerology, The Hidden Meaning of Numbers and Letters. Yes, all the good science is always secret. <laughs> I hadn't touched this in years, and so when I was doing the research for this episode, I was going back through it, and it was amazing how... How much Kabbalah uh, was in this particular book? This author, Doctor Shirley Blackwell Lawrence, uh, really used Kabbalah as a basis for a lot of her 
explanation of numerology. Yeah. As we'll get into, not everybody does it that way. So I think uh, I think it'll be fun to to go through and see what we can suss out with uh, yet another n- uh, new age concept. A classic sussing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's another s- just s- typical blurry photos sussing. Just a just a sussing. We're just, just a good old fashioned sus. sussing. <laughs> and I'm all out of gum. Real quick, before we get into that, uh, some news, Dave, we didn't Uh make the final list of the Parsecs this year. Oh, yeah. Yep. I heard about that from the Facebook from you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yep. We were were passed over for a couple of astronomy podcasts, a Star Trek, a linguistics podcast, and of course, everyone's favorite, uh, Skeptoid. Oh, good on them. Now we don't have to record our, our super sarcastic acceptance speech this year, which has become sort of a rite of passage each August. Yeah, well, it's it's hard to, to win an award for a category that doesn't stick to its category description, but uh, that's okay. They can do what they want. We're moving on. Are we? Doesn't feel like we are. Since I got that out, we can move on. <laughs> As of this moment, we have. <laughs> So thank you because you the your your love adoration and emails are all the awards I need. That is true. I mean, also uh, don't forget patreoncom photos. That's a good point. You know, uh, in case you don't hear it at the end of episodes, we have a good time on uh, old Patreon.com/slash/blurryphotos. Go on there and get get some rewards for yourself. We got all kinds of uh, sound files, intros, music. Sound effects. Uh, we they're they're rewards, which I think is better than an award. Did I say first award? Of all, m- no, no. First of all, more letters. You said it correctly. Oh, okay. Just making a really good point. Like a reward. You're worded again. It's, 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 it's yeah, exactly. An award. It's it, it it's a ward. It's one ward. <laughs> this yeah. is like a boomerang. That's right. That you can That's get right. online. But uh, anyway, we're pleased to announce blurry photos branded boomerangs. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be pretty cool. That would be kind of cool. Uh, all right. So enough of that business. Let's let's talk about what we're going to talk about, which is numerology. Here's a here's a quick overview for you. So mankind has observed how mathematics um, is an under. <laughs> what? Here's a quick overview for you. Mankind has observed since the early. <laughs> Look at that stuff. <laughs> Since the dawn of man's interest in counting. I had to stop the soundtrack and everything, Dave. (laughs) Sorry. Mankind has observed how mathematics is an underlying principle which measures pretty much every physical thing in the known universe. It's literally a way of quantifying concepts such as speed, size, distance, etc., Patterns in nature have, have been observed, like uh, uh, you've heard maybe of the golden ratio. Uh, everyone's favorite new thing that they just learned about on the internet in the last two years, the Fibonacci. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and debate over whether or not math is created, like art is created, or discovered, like science is discovered, uh, began centuries ago and continues today. It's true that math and the numbers that we use to understand it is essential in almost every vocation and day-to-day activities we engage in. I mean, the, the building around you, the vehicle you're, you're sitting in, 
the device you're hearing this on was constructed using numbers for guidance. You you need numbers for blueprints. No, not for those Lego blueprints. Because uh, then you're like, you know what, is that a two, four, six? Okay, that's an eight piece. You're right. <laughs> you do need numbers for that too, even though they're not written. This has led some folks throughout the ages to place quite a bit of importance on numbers to the point where they think there might be something more to numbers than just quantifying the physical world. Enter numerology. Bum, bum, bum. Numerology is any of many systems, traditions, or beliefs in a mystical or esoteric relationship between numbers and physical objects or living things. Put simply, it's the thought that numbers have a hidden meaning which can reveal who we are and what we should do with our lives. The most perfect thing you could hope to ever learn. Yep. Why Why are we here? Yeah. They've found that there is something to numerate. Like the, the people throughout the ages have decided there's more meaning to numbers than simply describing everything around them. Yeah. Yep. It's uh, numbers a little more ambitious than that. This is giving quote unquote credibility by saying it's a 2,500 year old art begun by Pythagoras in Greece. Oh, <laughs> Skeptics say it's a bunch of new age bullshit. Wait a minute. Does that make us skeptics? Um, well, have we established our, our viewpoint on this yet? Well, you know what, though? I guess I guess it makes sense. You know, if you're skeptical, you should probably get nominated for an award about it. Skeptoy. Oh, yeah. Well, our problem is we, we didn't defraud eBay for tons of money. <clears throat> yeah, but we will if they give us half a chance. I know I will. <laughs> Just waiting for the big score to roll around when old man eBay puts all of his payroll into <laughs> one truck. <laughs> old man eBay. <laughs> Chester Von Ebay the third. Yeah. Uh, so skeptics say it's designed to churn out woo to potential suckers eager to throw cash at something to ease their latent vulnerability in the world. Uh, now I'm paraphrasing that, of course. But, but wait, did you turn out, did you have did you make the phrase churn out woo? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nice. <laughs> uh, I like I like churning out woo a lot more than pitching it. Yeah. Well. When you pitch woo, it's for love. When you churn out woo, it's to sucker people. <laughs> it's very different. It's much different. So we'll be taking a brief look at the history of numerology, how it works, how it doesn't work, and maybe even try our hand at our own numerological charts. So for the two stacks, how it works versus how it doesn't work, which one do you need the wheelbarrow for? <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Our last episode, we got a really great email from someone who was like, I like how you guys have such an open mind. And even as I listened to it, I was like, he was not talking to me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, there are some things. There are some things we have an open mind about. Um, I don't know. Maybe maybe we're going to hot wick in this thing. And by the end of it, I'll be like, "Mm, numerologist, I've done you wrong, and I'm so sorry. Yeah, let's, uh, let's stay tuned and find out. Yeah, but here's the thing. That's the future, Flora. What we need to do is look to the past. That's right. And in the past, there's Pythagoras, Pythagoras, Pythagoras. Done. That's it. That's all the history you need, Moving right? Moving on. Numerology, Pythagoras. Moving on. Let's yeah. actually, uh, let's, let's get the number charts going. 
<laughs> no. Of course that's not good enough. Uh, because now is the time that we ask you to get out your 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 big salt grains. Not not just the ones in the jars on the table. The big ones you 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 keep in the cellar. The, the, like the ones that you put out for deer. <laughs> the ones you put out for the deer, the cows, uh, yeah. just to make them happy. Because there's, there's going to be a lot of, it was said, and modern numerologists believe, and according to some stories, that's, that's, that's the history we have with this. Right, which is, which is the best part of any history, because then, then you know you're on solid footing. Well, if they said it. <laughs> right, yeah, exactly. If, it, if it's been said, then... <laughs> then it's been it. said. Yeah. Most sources would cite Pythagoras as developing numerology as a mystical system for interpretation. However, many scholars actually theorize that uh, the roots of numerology are either Egyptian or maybe even Babylonian in nature. It would go Uh, back a little further than Pythagoras. Just a bit. Now, three was an important number to the Egyptians, symbolizing plurality and wholeness. I, you know, like the Holy Trinity of, you know, the Holy Trinity that we're all familiar with. Sure. Isis, Osiris, and Horus. Uh, Ra named uh, three times to define the su- uh, to define the sun, which was dawn, noon, and sunset. The god Ra, uh, yeah. the knot of Isis having three loops representing life. Five was also important for time and quantity, symbolizing a full amount. Uh, seven was ideal for completeness and potency or adequacy. For example, seven scorpions to guard Isis. Famine lasting seven years, Osiris torn in seven pieces for Upper Egypt and seven pieces for Lower Egypt. Um, on the other hand, the Babylonians uh, developed esoteric numerology in one form uh, as a system of writing that was invented uh, around 3500 BCE. Um, it's spotty as to exactly how numbers were used when viewed in a mystical sense, um, because there's a lot of you know, interpretation that goes into that that doesn't necessarily survive cuneiform. Right. Um, but starting around in the 9th century BCE, it seems like the Chaldeans, uh, which were part of southeast Babylonia, had a system of belief in numbers holding power and meaning. Uh, it was apparently closely related to their astrology in terms of revealing one's quantities and tendencies. So it kind of goes a little bit further in that direction. But again, it's, it's really hard to, to draw a clear line um, from modern numerology, from these this this ancient system, uh, you know, however they were working it, because it's even poorly understood by us now. So yeah, it all it, why yeah, I'll don't just, even try. Yeah, it just sort of blends together when you start looking at it. People will will say, "Oh, this is how the Babylonians did it," when in reality, it's how somebody in 1930 came up with a way of doing it, and and everybody's just been ingrained to think that way. Yeah, it's not yeah. There's a lot of things people think they know that no one actually knows. Yeah. Um, now, we mentioned this. I, I mentioned this in the book that I uh, have the Kabbalic uh, numerology. Yeah. There's no way we're doing this without talking Kabbalah. Yeah. This is, uh, that was often Which used. This is our new podcast, Talking Kabbalah. <laughs> Kabbalic uh, numerology was often used to w- interpret names. I mean, that's, that's kind of the, the basis. They use names, people's names. Uh, as opposed to birth dates, which we'll get into a little later. But this originally derived from Hebrew mysticism, and it's an outgrowth of the Hebrew alphabet with its 22 vibrations. Uh Uh-oh, vibrations already coming into play here. Hey-oh. 
Later, it was adapted for the Greek alphabet and then the Roman alphabet. Uh, the name Kabbalah means oral tradition, which suggests that the system that emerged around 2000 BCE was likely passed along by oral tradition before that, possibly even back to Abraham. You still got those uh, those salt grains with you? Because right, keep, keep <laughs> yeah, you're licking. dragging them. <laughs> keep blurry photos. Keep licking. The name Kabbalah is, I think, a, the uh, some numerologists, let's say, have taken a few liberties with uh, uh, talking about the history of this in saying that it's oral tradition. Ka- Kabbalah or Kabbalah is just kind of tradition in general, right? Yeah, it's so. it's it's just. Uh, how, how you'd think of as tradition, not necessarily oral, but you know, back then that is all they had. So it's not a huge leap. Yeah. And also we get a hundred points for not launching into Fiddler on the Roof's tradition right now. hundred points to us. That's, that's a lot of points. Although some would think that that would uh, take a hundred points away from us. Well, I'll spend my points and you spend your points. <laughs> How's it supposed to be? I'll tell you. I don't know. <laughs> get 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 a little taste. Yeah, I'm not a, doing it. I want those hundred points. I'm I want those hundred points. So shut up, Flora. Interpreting <laughs> only the meaning of a name allowed one to analyze an individual's basic characteristics and inner self, while teaching how to receive fulfillment in life. Sounds pretty good. Uh, we might do an episode on Kabbalah in the future. At some point, we we yeah. talked about it. Jewish culture also adopted the Assyro-Babylonian system of Gematria, which assigned numerical value to a word or name or phrase in the belief that words or phrases with identical numerical values bear some relation to each other. That's Gematria. In Hebrew, consonants were used as number signs, but by providing them with vowels, one can often read them as words and can read words as numbers. Uh, go, going a little cross-eyed right now. <laughs> right? Yeah, that really covers a lot of... of- yeah, just deep, dense territory. <laughs> in the in the Hebrew alpha, alphabet, they don't include vowels because that uh, vowels are sacred. Vowels spell out the name of God, right? Isn't that uh, yeah? Uh, isn't that the case? Yep. Dave, what are the Chinese doing around this time? Oh well, they, they got to be into something. Yeah. Uh, have you guys ever heard of the I Ching? The what? Yeah. You better have, because we did an episode about it. That's right. Uh, Just as a quick recap, it's the Chinese divination system, which is based on random number sequences. Uh, And people, there's so many different ways. We talked about this. People have sticks or coins, really anything you can use that has a a, a one or two position choice. And then you you take those together and it it gives you a, a number set that then you use to decode a message from. Uh, Indian numerology says that each of us have three numbers. Social security number, uh-huh. credit card number, yep. bank account number. Oh, So if you're on the phone with somebody, those are the three numbers you have to be ready to give them. That's right. Especially if they're calling from the FBI. <laughs> Man, it may seem like we're making a racist joke, but I got a phone call from an Indian guy with a really thick accent whose name he said it was Steve Johnson from the FBI. <laughs> I was going to go to jail if I did not pay him back taxes. I it was it was hilarious and irritating at the same time. <laughs> I am Steve Johnson. <laughs> you this is very serious. 
do not hang up the phone. <laughs> <laughs> he so wanted me good. to be on the phone with him, even as I went to wire him money, which I wasn't doing. Yeah. You, anyway, he, neither here nor you, there. You pissed him off royally. I did. I did. He said that I was, he was going to put me in jail. And I said, I can't wait. <laughs> I love Amazing. jail. I wouldn't last 16 seconds in jail. <laughs> All right. So Indian numerology says that each of us have three numbers. Uh, psychic, uh, which is how we view ourselves. Our destiny number, which is how we are viewed by the world. And our name, uh, which is our relationship with others. Pythagoras, now we're coming back around to him. See how, the, how late this guy is on the numerology train? <laughs> um, uh, he's a Greek philosopher and mathematician. Buddha, uh, famous for his theorem and a uh, famous triangle enthusiast. Yep, yep. He uh, was, he was, he had a, yep. a, the triangle fetish. Yep, he was really into it. Uh, and claimed by numerologists from hell to breakfast to be the father of modern numerology. Uh, he also was said to have studied the arts and sciences under the Egyptians, the Chaldeans, the Magians, and possibly as far away as India. Uh, he is credited with discovering, with discovering that musical notes could be translated into mathematical equations, and the eight-note scale was his invention. To this day, when you hate doing chords on a guitar to impress girls in college, blame Pythagoras. Yep, that's that's what is said. That's uh, numerologists have said. <laughs> Scholars say. Ancient astronaut theorists think. Evidence suggests. <laughs> do, re, mi, uh, fa, sol, la, ti, do. That's Pythagoras. Yeah. I mean, he, he is said to have made a, the seven string lyre eight string by taking a one string and moving a, uh, and putting a movable fret on it. But because eight was the true number, they could no longer call it a lyre. <laughs> <laughs> Thus, Pythagoras's newfangled truth tars. <laughs> <laughs> truth tar. <laughs> okay all right uh he's also famous for his theory that the planets and stars move according to mathematical equations and corresponded to musical notes producing a symphony in the heavens uh or the music of the spheres <laughs> can we get like a uh a, a theremin solo Yeah, that was solid, Flora. I liked your work on that. Thanks. <laughs> well, oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> um, he supposedly established a school of thought called Pythagoreanism. Nice. Ego much? <laughs> and actual schools such as the, the semicircle. Oh, yeah. Which, I know what all of the enemies of that school called it. <laughs> um, it's said to be a sort of secret society. Uh, duh. Anything that's the something, secret society. It has also been said, fuh. It has also been said. <laughs> I don't know how else to, to audio underline that. Uh, <laughs> that his students had to go through a five-year period of perfect silence, which allowed them to reach a level of deep contemplation and to develop faith. You know, because that's what you need for math. <laughs> <laughs> they were... There were quite a few things that have been said for people that wanted to get into this, uh, this, this yeah. little cabal that that was established. Yeah, and and honestly, you know, 
much like the numerologists themselves, pick and choose what you want to believe out of this. Go nuts. You do, you, you do, do it how you like it. He seemed more interested in the concepts or principles behind mathematics and thus developed a system of numerology based on the Chaldean system. Uh, in the Pythagorean system, uh, numbers were assigned to letters in the Greek alphabet based on their position in the sequence, much like a little orphan and secret decoder ring. Yep. Pythagorean numerology generally uses both the name and date of birth because you need all that information uh, and then examines the relationships between them much like the Chaldean method. The basic vibrations, you know, if you're taking notes, there are, there are nine basic vibrations and the master vibrations are 11 and 22. One through nine are the basics. Oh, yeah. The master are 11 and 22. What about the 10th vibration? Shut the f*** up. Are you even paying attention? God, can't, you can't even comprehend it. It's God. I thought you came here to learn, bro. I thought you came here to learn. I thought you came here to learn. <laughs> oh, man, I got weird. <laughs> well, sometimes you make uh, a sound that's, that's so <laughs> ridiculous you have to hear it again. Yeah, that's exactly it. <laughs> um, okay, so master vibrations 11 and 22 which, owing to their mastery, are never to be reduced to a single digit. Nay! Also, all the single digits were taken with basic bitch of vibrations. <laughs> uh, the Pythagorean order was eventually snuffed out due to political enemies and possibly someone who just pissed, <laughs> who was just pissed that they were excluded. Yep. Yeah, sorry about your order, Pythagoras. Turns out 22 isn't the biggest number. <laughs> This word, this just in. I saw a flock of birds. <laughs> Bad news for you, buddy. <laughs> Did you ever see, Flora, one of the best Mr. Show sketches ever about what the biggest number is? Oh, no. It's a bunch of gangsters. I've been watching some Mr. Show, though. They've got it on uh, Netflix now, I think. So whatever whatever it's on, I was like, it's oh, Mr. Show. Them, probably. Yeah. It's worth it. So worth it. So, um, with the first Council of Nicaea around 325... Oh, are we going to, are we going to B- Bible Towns we're, now? We're, we're, we're heading on down to Bible Town. See you later, Greece. It's time for Bible land. <laughs> time for Jesusville. I was going to say, by the way, the uh, Pythagoras was in the 6th century BCE, and then Council of Nicaea was in... 325 CE, so we're doing a yeah. bit of a jump. Yep, um, that's 600 years, give or take. That is, that is true. Uh, so what they did was uh, they officially blacklisted numerology, even though it um, may not have been, it wasn't really called numerology at the time, but they, they did that along with astrology and philosophy based on numbers because, you know, it was considered a uh, divination Magic, or just uh, magic in general, and magic was the devil. Listen here, number number nerds, you're cutting into our action. We got this here nice council. Now, I'd hate to have to show up and break all your slide rules and abacuses. What is, what's, does anybody, anybody know the plural? Ah, f*** these guys. <laughs> Blacklisted. <laughs> Buy them out, boys. <laughs> uh, sacred numbers were okay, though. I mean, numbers in general weren't blacklisted, so it's kind of silly to say that. But yeah, um, as long as sacred numbers didn't correspond to any kind of divination, um, three 
of course, is a very important uh, number in Christian belief. It's a magic number. It, well, yeah, it is. Yeah. If you're rocking the schoolhouse, it is. Yeah, uh, it is. Of course, you've got the Holy Trinity uh, and, and numerous other examples. Uh, seven denoted a period of trial or a time to complete something. Of course, in Christian belief, uh, everything was created in seven days. Yep. Yeah, I mean, everything was created in six days, and then God rested on the seventh. Oh, yeah, well. There it, was seventh days. Seven total, yeah. Seven seals, seven signs, seven trumpets. <laughs> uh, the number seven, oh, wait, uh, the number seven is good, wrote St. Anselm, who I, I assume is just a, a British fop. Classic. He's a classic uh, sevenophile. He's yeah. a, he's a, he's a he's septophile. Septophile, uh-huh. But we do not explain it after the doctrine of Pythagoras and the other philosophers. <laughs> but rather according to the manifestation and division of the grace of the spirit. <laughs> twelve shows up from time to time. Hi! <laughs> the number twelve. And uh, forty, the number forty symbolizes a long friggin' while. That's, yeah. that's when you want to say that was a long damn time. You say Beyond 40. counting. It's, yeah. Yeah, forty days, forty nights. Man, it was a long time. It was it was forty days, forty nights. Now there there's a, a famous quote from Saint Augustine of Hippo around the fifth century CE that gets bandied about in in a lot of n- numerological history uh, text. By the way, Saint Augustine of Hippo actually was his name. It sounded like you were like giving him a cool street name, but nope. What Saint Saint Sa- Saint Augustine of Hippo? Yeah, that was the yeah. real accurate name. Yep, Saint 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 Augustine of Hippo, <laughs> old hungry Saint Augustine, hungry <laughs> hungry Augustine, uh, and he said, "Numbers are the universal language offered by the deity to humans as confirmation <laughs> of the truth." <laughs> oh, fatty Augustine! <laughs> <laughs> but I like the stairs. To him, everything had n- numerical relationships, which were ultimately divine secrets. <laughs> I was really hoping to find a St. Augustine of Hippo quote tattoo. No dice. Boo. Yeah, it's disappointing. Moving on to medieval uh, numerology, which dealt quite a bit with its relation to alchemy. Alchemists assigned numbers to certain metals and believed there were magic numbers in chemistry related to the structure and properties of the elements. The Persian alchemist Abu Musa Jabir ibn Hayyan in the 8th century theorized that the nature and properties of elements were defined through numeric values assigned to the Arabic consonants present in their name. A combination of geometria and Pythagorean number symbolism eventually formed the basis for the number magic of the medieval Kabbalah. Uh, back to back to uh, Kabbalah stuff. This led to Num- number magic, the lamest magic. <laughs> this this led to special reading of the Hebrew Bible to find secret or hidden meanings in the text by scholars. It sound that sounds a little like uh, the old Bible code to me, that which is a. a Recent phenomenon. Yeah. Thanks, Dan Brown. You want to hear a better story? <laughs> sure. How about this? At the turn of the 20th century, an American woman named Sarah Joanna Dennis, under the married name of Ms. L. Dow Bailiot. Wow, she just was like, the whole name. Yep. Get rid of all of it. I want none of it. Burn it all. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm Maleficent 
J Rocket Fingers. That's my new name. <laughs> Ushered in a new age of Western numerology, uh, basing uh, her Rocket Finger system uh, on her understanding of the Bible, Pythagoras, Plato, and philosophy. Uh, she called it the Rocket Finger system of number vibration. <laughs> or the Balliet system of number vibration. Way, way lamer than Rocket Fingers. Um, just imagine if that had been the marketing of it. <laughs> oh my God, though! You know what I think would be cool is like a a manga cover of like the of her book of the number system, and it's just like her kind of all flipped out like uh, Akira, but all of her fingers doing that cool Japanese anime where all the all the rockets are corkscrewing out. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that'd be sick. That'd be pretty maleficent. Sweet. Yeah, Maleficent Rocket Fingers School of of Incorrigible Numbers. Um, (laughs) Directed by Tim Burton. That does sound like an anime. (laughs) Each number in the Balliet system of number vibration had a unique set of characteristics based on their vibration frequency. Uh, Her book, The Philosophy of Numbers, or Rocket Fingers, (laughs) was published in 1908, and it uh, and it and several subsequent books went on to focus on awakening people to the knowledge of themselves as divine beings through color, sound, and vibration. She was. Ah. She was friends with Dr. Julius Seton Sears, a founder of New Age Thought Church and School. Uh, and Seton Sears lectured on numerology all over the world, and 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 through that spread just on the fertile fields, a lot of fertilizer, the volcanic uh, plain. Yeah, exactly. Spread it all over the the modern concept of numerology. Uh, her daughter, the similarly uh, alliterative Dr. Juno Jordan, founded the California Institute of Numerical Research. And through that, uh, her book, Numerology, The Romance in Your Name, was published uh, (laughs) and is considered by many modern numerologists as the number one resource resource for study. The Romance in Your Name. My name's Benny. Get out. (laughs) (laughs) I think we should get 100 points right now just... Just for how we are, are we're being able to hold our, our tongues a lot. Dave and I have some opinions about about this stuff, right? But. Well, you you if you get a hundred points, I get like thirty. <laughs> I don't feel like I've done the best job. Well, I mean, I was just singing Annie Lennox for <laughs> that puts me up a hundred and thirty points to one hundred because you didn't get that other hundred points, Flora. You touched tradition. Everybody heard it. Oh yeah, I did not. So you forfeited those points. I, I'm not arguing. <laughs> oh, my God. The episode where we're mocking numerology is where we came up with a running point system for each episode. <laughs> they got us. They sewed us up tight. You can't write this stuff. You can't write it. <laughs> we really, really don't. <laughs> oh, man. Well, I, I'm tired of talking about where it came from. Let's talk about how it works. Okay. How does one learn the secrets of numbers and what their destiny holds? You can't give up. Wrong. Oh, sh! But you can. Oh, but my dear boy, the secrets are all around you. <laughs> they were inside you all along. Get him out. Oh, God. Get him out with this knife. 
(laughs) (laughs) So this whole thing's based on the concept that letters are symbols for sound and sound vibrates and creates form and has its own traits. As we've seen, there's system after system for finding out what the universe holds for you through numbers. The big ones, the three big ones, are the Pythagorean, the uh, Chaldean or Chaldean, and Kabbalah. Uh, The systems use numbers assigned to alphabetic letters. Arguably the most popular system right now, the Pythagorean, uses a formula based from one to nine. So what you would do is write out one, one to nine, and then under that you start putting A under one, B under two, C under three, and so on, and so on, until you get to nine, which is guys. I. There's a huge edit right now. Uh, I don't know if you heard that in the podcast because Flora went through the entire fucking alphabet, <laughs> and I just we just don't have that kind of time. God damn it, Flora! <laughs> <laughs> a secret track, secret track, guys. <laughs> um. Uh, so, so obviously with 26 letters, you're going to have to double back and actually triple back. And every, every number one through eight gets three letters, uh, but, uh, nine gets I and R. So only two for, for that one. Yeah. Uh, sorry, nine. Um, uh, that's how you calculate, uh, what, what the numerical value of a letter is. Uh, the digits in a numerical chart are always added together until you get one number, a root number. You can calculate a life path number by adding together the numbers in your birth date. Obviously, uh, uh, the month gets whittled down to whatever number the month is. If it's January, it's one. July, it's seven. You know, a name number, also known as an expression number, is determined by adding the numbers corresponding to the letters in your name. Now, this is what that uh, the little one through nine ABC chart helps you with. Uh, we're going to do a, a, an example here in a little bit, uh, and, and that'll, that'll at least the instructions will become more clear than just talking it out. Uh, yeah. The life path number determines the personality characteristics of a person, while name numbers are an expression of a person's developed personality and a key to his or her ambition or achievements. Um, quick, quick note, this is coming from... N- numerology sources. This is what the the books and the articles say. The National say Numerology, numerology Institute, is. This is a, a division of the uh, uh, Environmental Protection Agency. Yeah, this uh, you, you you still it's, pr- it's part of Homeland Security. I want you to keep licking on that salt block, <laughs> and then you've got the the master numbers. Uh, depending on which numerologist you ask, there are actually three master numbers. I think earlier we, we listed two, two, but. Uh, it's like asking who has the best pizza. Like there's, there's, you know, there's <laughs> people gonna are going to tell you it's on the Lower East Side. That's bullshit. The real Frank's pizza. <laughs> <laughs> so the three master numbers that are most important, I guess, are 11, 22, and 33, which require special emphasis because they possess more potential than other numbers. Some would say they are highly charged and difficult Ooh. to integrate into one's personality. These are old souls and may be aware of a tremendous amount of nervous energy in their lives. Mm. What? <laughs> They're just aware of it? I, I, I guess if, if you're like, man, I can't old sit souls, still. I'm always... Yeah, old souls don't strike me as fidgety. Uh, uh. Anyway, 
Uh, shall we look at some of these and and see what we'll, see what we've come up with? Sure. Now I've got some bad news for Flora. You, you misspelled my middle name. I knew it. I kn- I knew I probably did. Well, then all of your calculations are wrong. <laughs> Sorry, man. That's okay. Actually, just the one with your middle name is wrong, and then yeah, and then everything coinciding with that. But I think the others, the birth date and the other names are right. So, so we we've come up with uh, the sums of our names. And, yeah, we're gonna uh, we're gonna let dates. you know what the the truth in our stars is. Here's something that is a little confusing. Depending on which source you look just at, just this part, just this part, you. Either use your middle name or you don't. <laughs> yeah, why not? So What's the diff, right? S- since it's part of our names, we're going to use our middle name. And then what what we came up with was for name, Dave was a six, and I came out to a three. Our full our full name that should be important because otherwise yes. we would come out to the same number. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me, Dave. Yeah. Positive traits. Yeah. Of a three. Uh-huh. Cheerful. Yeah. Humor. Sure. The entertainer. Oh, yeah. Da-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na. I can't stop playing that song. Uh, My en- fingers are so raw. Enthusiastic. Good at writing, speaking, and singing. <laughs> uh, negative traits. Bored. Dislikes responsibility. Impulsive. Moody. Vain. Wasteful. And destructive, if you let it get out of hand. Gossip. All of those things. Greed. Hatred. Intolerant. Jealous. Pedophile. <laughs> yes. I, I'm so glad that I was already agreeing before we got to that point because it's so true. So that's my name number. Does that sound fair to you? Yeah. Yep, that's you. <laughs> Everyone who heard La Yorona knows that you're the singer. Oh, shut up. <laughs> what are you? I'm not mocking you. I don't care. I'm, I like that you took it that way. Well, because it was terrible. But listen. <laughs> Dave Dave sang the song first, and it just so happened that we didn't have the mu- we didn't have Nathan in the room to record the music with it, and so to make it easier on everyone, when Nathan was over, I re-recorded it. But Dave did a much better job when he sang it. Uh, I don't I just think couldn't so. Use it, so I, I disagree. That's why we used yours. I am I am I am a terrible terrible singer, <laughs> and I'm sorry that that I had to take Dave's but, singing away. But everything else is accurate. Everything else? Everything else on there? Everything. Absolutely everything else without well, exception is accurate. I have been... I, I'm sure I have used my number destructively before, but never for pedophilia. <laughs> so I don't think that's very accurate. Well, I'm just saying it's it's either accurate or it isn't, Flora. <laughs> All right. All right. And I'm saying... You did a great job of singing La Llorona, so you should probably be in jail, you hideous, hideous monster. I, I don't think that, I don't think I'm wasteful. Is there a, is, is, can you lose out, is pedophile the worst thing they can tack on? I feel like you Why lost. Why would they put that? That, like, that's such a <laughs> weird specific thing. Other, uh, other ones on here are like a bully. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Like, if, if, uncultured. If <laughs> Yeah, if they distill it down to one potential felon, uh, felony that you could commit, then uh, I feel like you're not going to go any. You're not going to do any worse than pedophile. So congratulations on hitting the bottom of the barrel. Wow. Uh, all right, let's let's uh, let's read yours then. Let's see. Yeah. 
because I can guarantee this, I ain't getting stuck with no pedophile. All right. Uh, positive, adaptable, adventurous, brave, charming, clever, freedom, social, super salesman, witty, negative, impatient, yep. irresponsible, uh-huh. restless, yep. faultless. No thoughts. Destructive. Oh, God. Debauchery. Oh, drugs, God, yes. Food, drink, etc. Dissipation. Gambler. Perversion. Self-indulgent. Dissipation? I just make things sort of break right. apart. I guess. I guess you fart a lot. Yep. It's true. It's true. So, what do you think? What? What's wait, your... Wait, uh, wait, 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 wait. What's my felon? Felony? What's my felony? Um, Perversion? Gambling? Yeah! You pervert! I accept it all, happily. Yeah, you you've uh, you've got no less than four pervert stools in your home, <laughs> each more delicate than the last. So, what do you think? What's your percentage on how accurate that is? Oh, come on, we've done this. I'll uh, I'll say it's more accurate than not accurate. That's uh, that's great. It's not your number. Oh well, see there you go. Damn it! I really wanted the gambler. Sorry, buddy. I think you'll be uh, okay with the trade-off on your actual uh, name number, at least the destructive stuff. Fair enough, but I was pretty pleased with the other one. Yeah, and again, this is for name number. This is the uh, this is the expression of a person's developed personality. Uh, all right, actual actual traits for you under positive: artistic, domestic, humanitarian, musical, nurturer, responsible. Serves, teacher, the negative, argues, meddlesome, mopes, needs appreciation, self-righteous, smug, sweet tooth, and the destructive, conceit, domestic or sexual tyranny, (laughs) drudgery, nosy and interfering, slavery. I'm a slaver? Yeah. I like gambler so much more. I don't. That one I feel like is like a 10, maybe 15% hit. Yeah. The other one sounds much more like you. Well, then that's what I'm claiming. I'm a numeric numerologist gambler. Look out. I'll make a bet and I'll lie in it. Your life path number adds up to a seven. Some of the hits on that one, love of nature, silent, uh, scientific, studious. Everybody knows how silent I am. Everybody. Lives he in says, the past. interrupting you. <laughs> Lives in the past. Melancholy. Skeptical. Unapproachable. Mm-hmm. So unapproachable. Cheat. Dishonest. Gossip. Evil intent. Secret motives. That's my gambler. That's, you, that's your life path number. Uh, a seven. Mine is also a three. I have two threes. My life okay. and my name uh, uh, come out to three. Okay. What, what's your What's your What's your life? It's the same thing. The oh, I thought they had like different explanations. Well, for each. I mean, I'm reading the same numbers. So you're a double pedophile. Okay, great. <laughs> okay. Oh, under the, the old gambler. Under the three heading, under the three heading, it says, "Let's spread joy." The way this book breaks it down, there's a lot, a lot more in there that we're not going to go over. Um, Good. It's kind of. It'll come out with like, here are three numbers, uh, and that that corresponds to these three letters, and it'll be like 
C-H-T. Well, you have a tendency to cheat. And it's like, uh, all right. What if I, what if I was in France? <laughs> you have a tendency to be a cat. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're a kitty cat person. Meow. Got any? You got any other funny, fun, fun things here? No, I mean that. It's just like, you know, we're gonna get to this in a second, but like this, you know, no, fuck it. Let's just dive right into it. This is exactly like astrology. Yeah. You're like. Vague phrases that may or may not apply. You decide if you want them to apply to you or not. With with the notable exception of the pedophilia. I don't feel like you chose that, Flora, but why, you got why it. Why is it even in there? That is such a <laughs> stupid thing. <laughs> What's more important if I, full disclose, maybe because I'm a cheating gambler, if we were reversed and I had the book, I just wouldn't have read that one. <laughs> I would have just left it off. Yep, I guess I guess I'm just too honest. Nope, you're just trying to hide in plain sight. <laughs> Flora just gave the old head shake. <laughs> uh, so yeah, it does not work. Does it work? No, it does not work. Yeah, yeah, like you said, it's just exactly like astrology. This is this is the same thing that we ran into with that. You can explain a lot of the universe with numbers, or, or rather quantify it to be understood, but it doesn't mean that they're divine or mystical. Why yeah. is four disciplined and loyal? Why not six? Yeah. Why? Why? Why can't three be uh, duplicitous and judgmental, but yeah. also really good at arts and crafts? Right. Like, where does that shit come from? Yeah. Who came up with that? Literally, I think it's the women of the 20th century New Age movement. The ones yeah. we mentioned that that wrote these books. They're just like, There's, this is what this number speaks to me. I feel like new age prognostication is like the social banana stand. There's always money in it. You can, you can <laughs> always, you know, ah, I don't know how to make any money. Well, make something up that's new agey, then lecture people about it. Somebody's going to believe you. Yeah. I mean, people make money off this stuff all the time. Yep, Not even new agey stuff, old agey stuff. Uh, you know, people are making up their own versions of... Christianity or Islam or uh, or Buddhism or whatever you want to, it doesn't matter. It literally doesn't matter because they're making it up anyway. And they're just saying, oh, well, it has its roots in what, you know, what do I think is going to most sell you on this? Oh, it has its roots in Jewish mysticism. But to tell you more, I will need $75. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, just like in, in astrology, they try to tie the credibility of it to how ancient it is. Yeah. The Babylonians were doing it. Well, that's that's as far back as you can go for recorded history. So it, yep. it's got to be, it, it, something's, something's got to, it's got to be something to it. Well, and we've talked about this. There's that, that constant thread that it's not new. It's not a 20th or 21st century idea. Throughout history, we keep running into this in all these other episodes, this belief that the old beliefs, like people were in touch with something X number of years ago. The yeah, old but- beliefs are the true beliefs. And we've just over time f***ed it all up. And if we reach back far enough, everything is absolutely pure and everything was perfectly understood, which is why you were living in mud huts back then. <laughs> you know, like it, that's why what every smallpox just sort of, uh... <laughs> right. You know, it's, it's so yeah. And, and every society has had this belief that, Oh, we need to go back we need to be like the, the old ways. Those were the best ways. And it's just, there's no such thing. Yeah. Just, 
the the length of time it's been around doesn't make it correct or any more credible than anything else. Right. Yeah. Another thing going through here, we don't know. By we, I mean scholars of history. Learned men and women. Don't know shit about Pythagoras. Information on him was written... They don't know what he's about. Centuries after his death. Talking shit. What? What? It's too late. (laughs) He didn't have mystical numbers. He had a mystical axe. Uh, (laughs) Oh, I think... I. Yeah, no, I fucked up. I didn't put the crunt video. I put that on my timeline and not on the <laughs> fan page. I'm not going to do it again. So look up crunt. <laughs> Moving on. Yeah. So so uh, everything that we know about him comes from people who were writing uh, historical accounts much later than he was alive. Yes. Yeah. There's nothing. There's no document with his fingerprint or signature on it that we're using to get this. No. None of his own writings survived. And the thing is. The writers that that did write about him, they're unreliable because they were writing of him as if he were some sort of demigod. Yeah, I think that they it's it's entirely possible. Can't say this is what they were doing in Iraq. I don't know, but it's entirely possible they were just cribbing his name to slap some cred onto the side of their idea. Could be. Prove me wrong. Some of some of the stuff they they said about him was that he he had a golden thigh. Like a, a, a thigh was made out of gold. Uh, Whoa. He had uh, uh, a glowing aura around him all at all times. It, it, it's just some ridiculous stuff that uh, even even mundane things that sound like they might be true. There's no evidence that that it that it was true. For example, the um, how he came up with the the musical scale was. They say that he was walking through town and heard several blacksmiths hammering at the same time and the the rings of their hammers grabbed his attention because they were at different pitches and he decided that it was the size of the hammerhead that determined what what pitch each one was at and that was how he got the ratios of one uh, uh, note to the next well when you do actual science on it that's not how it works (laughs) Yeah, yeah, the, exactly. The size of the the hammerhead doesn't do that for you. And like you know that since we've been able to disprove such uh, claims like that, and the the music of the spheres, you know, the the harmony of the heavens, and it's it's really kind of it's done its own job of debunking the fact that that Pythagoras may not have had anything to do with anything. Yeah, and you know what the 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 thing is is it 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 makes me feel bad that this much. Uh, effort is put into uh, a historical narrative when when just regular quantitative math is so fucking crazy and weird anyway that you don't have to you don't have to do this to make math weird you don't have to no you just have to do a lot harder math and then math gets weird on its own yeah we're we're pretty sure that he did come up with you know quite a few cool things and he was by what accounts we have that that can be taken seriously. Uh, he he did seem to be a huge mind at the time. Yeah, he was a big deal. It, it was it was either his followers or made up a lot a long time after after him, which in yeah. some cases are the same thing. So something that we've talked about before. It's just people are great at recognizing patterns. 
And we've talked yep. about that, you know, when, when, when seeing things with the pareidolia and things like that. And that can help people learn to read and count and recognize faces, but it can also encourage people to interpret random events as patterns or, you know, in this case, random number sequences. Right. And because of the small number of numerals that exist in the world, repetitions are inevitable. And then yep. that leads me to a, n- a number of questions, which can probably be answered by just simply saying com- confirmation bias and selective thinking is at play. But yeah, I, I was I was thinking I, I came up with a number of questions while doing the research for this one. One of which is wait, well, hold I'm, one thing before we get further on this, it's important to say also like you know we talk about the small number of numerals or round square or distinctive numbers. We're referring to the number of, of, of the numbers that are in use in modern numerology. Um, just just before anyone's like, well, there's you know infinite numbers of squares and stuff like that. Yes, but look at this new modern numerology by its own accord will not go above the number thirty three. You know, like oh yeah, it, so, everything so tries just, to just, whittle it down to a single digit. Yeah, yeah. So I'm just saying, like it, they they use an extraordinarily extraordinarily limited set of numbers, yeah. almost to inadvertently maximize the number of coincidence. <laughs> You know, you're inbreeding numbers. So, yeah, you're going to get weird results. Yeah, yeah. So, I just wanted to point that there's a difference between the number of uh, available numbers and the numbers they choose to use. True. And that that helps get a handle on on the amount of bullshit that you have to memorize, too. Because if you had infinite uh, (laughs) combinations and infinite numbers to, to deal with, you'd literally just be making stuff up instead of making it up and then memorizing it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. True, true, true. <laughs> I just wanted to, I just want to tag that on there. Yeah, good point. Um so the the questions that I I had uh one of them was how, how do you reconcile a name in different languages? Right. So, you know, let's take for instance the name Peter in Spanish that would be Pedro, in Polish Peter with a with an OTR. Latin it would be Petrus. French Pierre, like that, that would all add up to different numbers, plugging them into the Pythagorean system. Yeah. And so how does that work for anybody? And, and then, uh, you know, something that you pointed out is you've got these names that change based on where you are, or how you want to spell it. So if you decide to change the spelling of your name, you've rewritten your future and your history. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then how about the fact that this system predates, the Roman calendar. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's a, that's a big problem. And not everybody sudden, uses Gregorian calendar. Exactly. So how does that work for those people? Do the, are they denied their future or is there uh, a, <laughs> you know, can I, can I run this through uh, some sort of filter so that'll redo all the math for me? Right. I'm sure that, that someone has, has come up with a way to do that. And I'm sure uh numerologists that listen to this will say, well, the for the names, it, it's not the the name Peter that that assigns you the personality. It's the letters that do it, and so a Pedro will have a different personality than a Peter or a Pierre. You know, like the, there are ways to to weasel your way around it. I'm sure. What if you're born in Spain and you move to Montana and you got your your chart done in Montana? Yeah. the The things that I read said that. It has to do with the name you're given at birth, whatever's on the birth certificate that you have. So, so it has to be written on a birth certificate. 
So if you don't have a birth certificate, you don't have a, a, a numerology number. Or what if you are a Russian orphan that is adopted by a family living in Paris? <laughs> so, so you've got all kinds of names, although you may yeah. not know which name you were given at birth. Yep. And you're, use, you're probably used to using a different calendar. Is that why every numerologist's office, because I'm sure they exist, has a big sign that says, orphans not welcome? Yeah, it's exactly why. <laughs> and it's exactly why none of them will ever burn either. It says, if you're an orphan, you're on your own. I didn't get your joke. <laughs> I don't know. It's, uh, I, the, the worst thing to happen is an orphanage burning, so. <laughs> gotcha. I got it. I got it. I just feel like fire follows orphans. <laughs> Blurry photos. Fire follows orphans. In the Skeptic's Dictionary, the article for, for numerology, it says, yet one must be desperate if one doesn't mind that the encouragement comes from a total stranger with no knowledge of who you are. I feel like that you can argue that's exactly what people are looking for because they, yeah, they, they think it's an unbiased interpretation. That's what makes it mystical that yeah. a stranger is telling you these things. Right. And there's no greater stranger than arithmetic <laughs> to me god i i hate math <laughs> i used to hate math and i really grew to love it in college good good for you buddy it's it's yeah. just it, it i was never good at it make no mistake yeah. i was never good at it but it i, I appreciate it. some of the the crazy stuff you can uh do with it but i it's just it has fought me the whole way <laughs> tooth and nail yep I think I just mentioned this. People with the same names don't have the same tendencies. There are who knows how many people in the world that have exactly the same name, like Kristen Marie Smith or something like that. You know, like I'm sure there there are more than one uh, people with that name in the world. They're not going to have the same personalities. And then I guess the weaseling of it is that they've chosen different things in life. And that's just the potential for uh, what their personality is. It's not exactly going to be that. You know what I mean? I hear you. I realize I'm asking questions and then weaseling out of them at the same time. <laughs> I guess just be aware that why we talked about this. Some, sometimes the middle name factors in, sometimes it doesn't. Well, why not? Uh, why not the time of day? Why not the latitude or longitude that you're in? Like why, why are certain numbers that are associated with a person not just, just completely ignored? Why would they not, use more stuff to make it more specific for people uh because you specificity is the bane of prediction true the more specific you are the the more you have to be held accountable for you got to keep it vague if you want to keep in business do you have any idea what scale these number vibrations are on what's the what's the scale for vibrations what is that supposed to be everybody talks about uh vibrations with with numbers and the sound of of numbers, which, by the way, it's different in different languages, assholes. <laughs> what scale do they think they're using to register the, the vibrations? Do you, does, that, does that even make sense as a question? I don't, just like a regular octave? So is it, is it like it vibrates at so-and-so hertz? Like, like I, 550 I, I, hertz like, or something? Like the frequency of each? I don't, I, don't, I don't have any idea. Right. They don't either. <laughs> Yeah. It just sounds good. Raise your vibration, Dave. I'm trying to so hard. Thankfully, there have been a couple studies done on numerology. They're not uh, by any means perfect, but someone has gone into uh, 
trying to figure out if there was a correlation between numbers and paranormality. And both studies, shock of shocks, no correlation found. Hmm. Shock of shocks. I guess I guess I will get to sleep tonight after all. Well, like you said, there are some cool things in math. The golden ratio and the Fibonacci sequence, like they're, they're actually kind of tied together. The golden ratio being two-thirds of something. Very simple terms. Straight line. Take a straight line. Divide it into two-thirds. And then that is that is something that shows up in nature a lot. Oh yeah, where the the the, the two those and then the those two segments make up the next segment or yeah something like that. And and this is where when you break it down to a Fibonacci sequence, which is after two starting values, each number is the sum of the two preceding numbers. For example, zero one, the next number is one. One and one, the next number is. Two, one and two. The next number is three. Two and three is five. On and on and on and on. This is uh, again. I have to edit this because uh, Flora went to like five hundred just now, like five hundred positions in a Fibonacci sequence. He just did. I we just to don't be have thorough. time for it. <laughs> <laughs> I um, love math, <laughs> but this is uh, this is something you'll see in a seashell, like cur- curving around. And you might recognize if you saw a picture of the square that has smaller squares inside it, but then there's a, there's a spiral line that starts in the middle and then kind of curves to the edge corner. It, it, it is hard to describe with words. Yeah, I would stop. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, uh, anyways, like things like that, you, it, math you find in nature that, it's not it's not divine or spiritual, although some people may ascribe that to it. But it is pretty cool nonetheless uh, that things you know arrange themselves this way. Yeah, I think so too. And then uh, then you know uh, what it all boils down to that people will find such systems helpful on a spiritual or emotional level, but there's no scientific evidence to prove that it it really works the way uh, that people who practice it say it does. Yeah. Would it be a waste of time to try and find that that out? Probably, but I would be willing to give funding to a study if you know if they knew what they were doing and it and it pretty clearly put the kibosh on <laughs> the thought of this, so it stops you know uh, suckering people out of their money. Although who knows that maybe those people need to get their money suckered for one reason or another. I don't know. Uh, I've got a couple of of actual fun math facts you might find interesting. I would love to hear um, it. Yeah, here we go. Uh, did you know that if you put 23 people into a room, mathematically there's a 50-50 chance that two of them will have the same birthday? Seems crazy to me. Yeah, and I'm sure it goes into, you know, number of days in a year, and then you have 23 people, you know, but I, I think that's fascinating. How about the fact that uh, cicadas, a bug fact for me, Cicadas only emerge on prime numbered years. Oh, that's that's weird. Didn't we say they, it's every seven or seventeen or something like seven, that? Seven seventeen, thirteen. Uh the the th- the theory is that um since prime numbers are irregular and, and and difficult to establish a pattern from, yeah, that the emergence no predator would get wise to the pattern in on, on a long evolutionary sense. 
you know, like if they came out every year, Predators would figure that out, even if they came out every other year. You know what I mean? That's that's crazy. Yeah. It's a, it's such a weirdly uh, spaced numbers. They think that it helped keep predation low. Wow. Uh, here's a here's a great actual mathlete fact. A woman named Joan Ginther, uh, who had a her doctorate in math, won the scratch lottery four times for a total of twenty one million dollars by figuring out the algorithm of ticket production. Wow! Yeah, how perfectly practical is that? <laughs> exactly. Uh, and my last uh, favorite dumb math fact is uh, North Korea is the only country to have been caught cheating at the International Math Olympiad twice. <laughs> wow. Is make benefit glory of North Korea. Yeah, exactly. So there, those are just some actual math facts that I enjoyed. Well, that's fun. Well, you know what? I, our stance on this is clear. It's bupkis. There, I don't think there's anything, anything to it. I think Dave and I are both in agreement on that. And, and just like m- most of these subjects that we talk about uh, with the new agey stuff, it, it'll serve you better if you take a little bit of a more critical look at things and start asking questions. Don't just accept things for, for the way they say it. Oh, this, is, this was developed Unless by- we say it. Unless we said it. Then don't look into it. It's right. Dude, it is in a grave offense true. to question what we say. <laughs> Don't do that. It doesn't take much brain power to ask questions that will quickly debunk things like this, I don't think. You know, just just be curious about it. That's all. Yeah. And and, and I think you know, I think something that we haven't mentioned this time that we usually do in these things, if it offers you some personal peace of mind, go for it, man. If it if it if it let lets you sleep at night whereas you otherwise wouldn't, boogie on, man. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, sure. Just be careful of your wallet. Yep. <laughs> so that'll do it for us for numerology in a uh, a prime number Fibonacci integered nutshell. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hold on, Flora. It's about time we solve this equation. For puns. I decided to change it a little bit. Oh, you did. Just went straight for it. Went right for the neck. So yeah, solve for pun. Yeah. Who's going first? Uh, I got one. I got one. Go for it. Plug, plug it in, and let's see if it uh, equals out. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. Uh, it's actually an ancient uh, form of number magic that was found in uh, the Judaica, uh, the the roots of the Jewish religion. Uh-huh. But it was actually a, a means of uh, really just doing magic tricks at a party. And you could always tell because the, the, the magic word was Abracabala. <laughs> that's a pun. And then everybody said, oi. Yeah. Cause they that's why they stopped. Do- that, that's why they stopped doing that. <laughs> Let's see here. Dave, have you heard of the new pseudoscience movement that's sweeping the nation? Uh, the Trump campaign. <laughs> Leave the politics out never well if if you learn its secrets you're going to be bristling with knowledge of the future of floors everywhere oh yeah it's broomerology (laughs) nice sweeping the nation oh man are people gonna have Roomba for that in their lives (laughs) I've got one that's only slightly off topic did you hear that uh, Brian Denning 
has got a new uh, podcast about old Jim Henson films. And specifically, it's about, you know, the workaday world, how busy one gets and how hard it is to capture gelflings so that you can steal their essence and drink it. It's called Skektoid. Skeksis? Dark Crystal? Anybody? No, man. You're going to have some... You're going to have some followers on that. <laughs> I liked it. <laughs> ah, what are you? Ah, pickle shoes. What do you got, Flora? Okay, I got one more here. There, there was an ancient Greek thinker who was a real asshat. He was one of the first douche-maticians, and <laughs> he developed theories on how to celebrate and humiliate someone after beating them at something. Oh, yeah? It was the infamous Tibagarius. Oh, God. And they wore robes back then. <laughs> there was nothing to protect you. <laughs> A squared plus B squared equals D squared. <laughs> oh, that was a hypot anus. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> pun that keeps on them, punning. That's right. right. Them's puns. That'll do it for puns, and, everybody. You know. You know what makes a load more sense than numerology? Nothing. Well, not a load. Moderately more sense than numerology. Sung by maybe Elvis? I don't know. Maybe Elvis. Maybe. Maybe. Baby Elvis. Miss Nobel. <laughs> I don't. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome maybe Elvis. <laughs> Hello, everybody. <laughs> yeah. Come on, pretty mother. <laughs> He's maybe Elvis. <laughs> maybe Elvis. Oh. And and his manager, the lieutenant. Yeah, <laughs> the lieutenant. <laughs> Flora, what do we got this week? Well, if if I do the math on this one, uh huh. Don't forget to carry the one. And I, I mean, carry the fun. I carry the fun. <laughs> and I carry the fun. I think that we are about due to kick it into high gear. Oh, shit. Throw it into fifth. <laughs> Pedal to the metal on a punny roll. What a pun. What a lovely pun. Kick it off, Laura. From Alex the Hoopy. Just listen to the Robin Hood episode. Surprised you guys didn't mention another forest that Robin Hood definitely at least stopped by as was known to be full of gypsies, tramps, and thieves. Sherwood Forest? Well, if we could turn back time, we would. Uh, There's also one of Robin's antagonists who would constantly announce they were retiring but then always come back for another term. It was the Sheriff of Nottingham. (laughs) I thought that it would be Favre Tuck. (laughs) Uh, and finally, there's a character who was added into the Robin Hood mythos after several stories were adapted into a puppet show format. She was Maid Marionette. Oh, nice. Nice. That's from Alex the Hoopy. I've got one here from Atomic Secrets. Blowing up in your ears. You're right. Speaking of awesome tomes, a buddy of mine told me about the new satanic edition of the Dungeons & Dragons Player's Handbook. What is it? It's meant to be a teaching tool to get the kiddies into worshipping our dark lord and frenemy. Oh, sh! Jack Chick was right. I love, I collect Chick tracks. Deep cut for anybody who's in there. Uh, the book itself is so huge, it needs an entire supplemental penned in blood by the most holy Gary Gygax himself. 
Uh, yes, the Didactic Gygax Ghost Codex Gigas Index. Wow. Ooh. Thanks, Atomic Secrets. And... That was a mouthful. I got no... Uh, Atomic Secrets also says maybe he wants a, a, a koozie Bat Squatch t-shirt. Not opposed to that. We'll put it on the list. Laura? From Cthulhu Hungers. <laughs> Diggy Toots was going to pump up sales by linking himself to the Flat Earth Movement, but B.O.B. beat him to it. He ended up homeless and had claims a giant flying bat saved him from being shot by gangsters. The single is called Athole Survivor. No, seriously, a giant invisible asshole is hovering right over your head, suckers. <laughs> the wait. The wait. From Daniel, the wild man. Wild man. Wild man. There's been sightings here in England of a tall, thin fellow seen informing children of the true meaning of bonfire night. He's been dubbed... The Remember, Remember, the 5th of November, man. Oh. Yeah. Also, have you heard there's now a Jewish branch of the Church of Satan? It's run by one Anton Oive. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good one. Uh, The Coen brothers recently announced they'd be making a movie about El Chupacabra. It's called The Goat Sucker Proxy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And finally, there's an Irish fellow whose love for The Simpsons is only matched by his love of... I refer, of course, to Springfield Jack. Springfield. <laughs> Thank you, the wild man. <laughs> but, Flora, I have a pun to give to you that oh. arrived in the mail for me. Uh, wait, but you should read it like my friend who sent it to me. <laughs> Carrido sent <laughs> Garcia. I had a pun about an immortal Frenchman, but that was several episodes ago, so I no longer think it's germane. Oh, well played, mi amigo Don Luis. <laughs> How about from Drazuka? Just some sort of crayon cannon, I think. <laughs> Drazuka's got a mundane superpower. Sweet, give it to me. The ability to make anyone forcibly project wind from their nose. Telica sneezes. <laughs> you might think that's a bad superpower, but it's not. <laughs> Pun amplifier 500 point bonus. Nice. Thanks, Drazuka. Another mundane superpower by D.W. O'Boyle. You can always accurately interpret someone's tone and inflection of their text on the internet, but only if it's filled with hateful, angry language. And a pun. Did you hear about the new convention for enthusiasts for spontaneous human combustion? Spawnhu Khan? <laughs> there was an incident, however, where one of the sponsors' booth went up in flames and suspiciously their competitors was untouched. Oh, man. A conference for, for spontaneous human combustion. Spawn who come con. Spawn who come, come con. <laughs> come to Spawn who come con. 2016. Thank you, DW. Uh, I got one from Eric here. Eric's got a useless superpower, the gift of, of boozophacy, the ability to predict exactly how hungover and late for work one will be tomorrow as soon as one finishes their last drink. I feel like everyone has a pretty good idea on that one. <laughs> Thank you, Eric. From Ermagerd Pigladerg. When a title was needed for a project attempting attempting to quantify the many great works of a famed British actor, the team in charge had great difficulty in the beginning. However, they realized the decades, even centuries, that his roles and movies spanned, and finally decided on a name. It was the film Count of Michael Caine. <laughs> film nice. Count of Michael Caine. Michael Caine. Hello, I'm Michael Caine. And then after his acclaimed role in National Treasure, Nicolas Cage went to return books to the library that he checked out to... Uh, to research the role. Unfortunately, when he arrived, he was hit with unexpected overdue fines. At the mention of this, he began screaming, Not the fees! 
Not the face! <laughs> oh god, my wallet! They're in my wallet! <laughs> Make your pick of the derg. I got one from General Hammerfist Thundercock. Not actually a general. And he writes, I am currently on post at Fort Campbell. Did you know that there is a local fireman here? He is well known for his height and the fact that he heroically runs into burning buildings. When he emerges, his face is so covered in ashes that you can't see his eyes or nose. Bye, bye. They call him the Cinderman. Oh, nice. Yeah. Boy, most, the most puntacular episode ever. <laughs> Thanks, General. Not a general. Thank you, General. Not a general. Here's one from Captain Jackass. Oh, is he in the same army as the General Hammerfist Thundercock? No, but I think he uh, he's our uh, commanding officer. <laughs> I feel like I feel like the general's in the army and maybe the captain's in the navy. Could be, yeah. Uh, he says, I'm kind of disappointed in your King Arthur episode, though, as you forgot to mention a very important part of his life. At the same time, I can't blame you, though, as it's so secret that only I know of it, and I'm under obviously mistaken belief that I just made it up now. It's about when Arthur gave up his plans to become king and open a small pub called the Holy Grail. His signature dish was called the Sword and the Scone. (laughs) Useless superpower, being able to become invisible, but only when you cover your own ears and eyes so you can't hear or see anything. That's like the invisible boy from uh, Mystery Men. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Got one from Just Joe. Joe who? Just Joe. Just Joe. That's all the Joe you get. Uh, He wants to tell us about this thing he heard about what happened in a forest in Russia. There's a man who claims he was sexually assaulted by a small humanoid creature. They called it the Handlesome Boris incident. (laughs) Handlesome Boris. So uh, he says, sorry. Just sorry. Nope. Punning means never saying you're sorry. That's right. Thanks, Just Joe. Quick shout out to another Joe, Joe 90, and your filthy ass pun. <laughs> based on, you guessed it, Spawn Who Come. Oh. I'm I'm not gonna go I'm not gonna Do go into it? it, but I'm sure right. I'm sure somebody can. Well let's can get that taste it. out of your mouth with a pun from Kelly Bear. Kelly Bell. Well, every time. How about some uh <laughs> she writes as crappy superpowers. <laughs> crappy. Not so superpowers. The ability to see through walls. Just toilet walls, nothing else. (laughs) That's great. The ability of transmutation of objects, but only the thing you can turn the only thing you can turn them into is a slightly different version of what they already are. So it's like just a different lamp. (laughs) The ability to read people's minds, but only when they are thinking about what they plan on having for lunch. That is pretty useless. Yeah, that is. But I don't know, maybe in an office that could help. Thanks, Kelly Bear. Thanks, Kelly Bear. That'll do it for us for this punny road. Yes. Thank you all so much for writing. We do have uh, quite a few more uh, puns that that we've uh, amassed, but yeah. You've you've put the truth to the phrase, we pun, we die, we pun pun again. again. (laughs) Uh, Thank you guys so much. Thank you uh, for the Facebooking. You guys are killing it on there. We are just ripping through the devil's hill, though. It's true. I was kind of, there was a little piece of me that was hoping we could hang on to it up to blurry photober, but no, nay. We'll be up into like our, our 15th hill, though, by then. Let's hope. Uh, yeah, by all means. So thank you so much for the likes on Facebook. Thank you for the five-star reviews on iTunes. They make a gigantic difference to our lives. Let us fight the good fight against Skeptoid, which, by the way, we have animosity for reasons I'm not entirely aware of, but, but, but f*** them. And um, <laughs> uh, 
Follow us on Twitter, blurry underscore photos. We loves the Twitter. Don't forget to get your free audiobook, audibletrial.com slash blurry photos. And uh, most importantly, most deliciously, be a part of our regular programming at patreon.com slash blurry photos, uh, where you can get yourself a ton of, of stuff, a ton of rewards for supporting us, for supporting the work we do, and making us weirder and 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 weirder. True. Flora had to edit that. I just did that for like 30 minutes, but we just don't have time. Really heavy on the editing this week. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Go, get up onto the, the jack slap level. Yeah. Get slapped. Pledge $20 and uh, you get to hang out with us for an online stream once a month, which is yeah. a ton of fun, along with all the other stuff under it that you get, music and intros and sounds. We actually added an entire uh, new section to Candy Chat as a, re- as a result of the live stream. <laughs> yeah. You know, where so, uh, and keep this in mind uh, for those of you who are Candy Chat fans, feel free to ask Betty and Tabitha for advice on their Facebook page. Uh, and we will, the Betty and Tabitha will be giving out life advice in each episode going forward. It's right. a good idea, and it's a lot healthier for poor, poor Tabitha than trying to eat two pounds of chocolate all at once. Right. <laughs> Uh, so, and also don't forget to check out uh, candy chat. If you haven't already, it's yep. very different from this. Maybe that's good. Maybe that's bad. You tell me, yep. but if it's bad, don't tell me <laughs> Candychat.org, Also on iTunes. Thank you to, uh, the Chicago podcast cooperative as always, uh, for sponsoring us. And, uh, if you want another podcast to check out, check out the one shot podcast, which is an actual play podcast that records improvisers, game designers, and other notable nerds playing RPGs. Every month brings a new game and cast of players in a self-contained adventure. That's the one-shot podcast. Ken's down with those people. He keeps and trying to yeah. get us on there. Yeah. They don't want jackasses on there is the problem. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, thanks, as always, to the Dark Myths Collective, which is a yeah. collective of uh, cool podcasts of mystery and, and history and all kinds of the, the weird stuff out there. Uh, this month, we'd like to ask you to check out the Eastern Border which you can learn a lot of cool stuff about uh, Russian history and history of Eastern Europe and in that region, stuff that we as Americans either have probably been told wrongly about or uh, just don't know about, we haven't heard about. So I, I encourage you to listen, and they've got a short clip, and I'm going to play that right now. Greetings, comrades. Have you ever wondered what was it like to live in the workers' paradise? What was it like to stand in line for 3 hours to buy 200 grams of sausages while your government spent enormous resources to monitor its citizens and even more resources to build nukes that would be aimed at the West? Ever wondered how things happened on the other side of the Iron Curtain? Well, you're in luck, as I'm Kristaps Andresons of the Eastern Border Podcast, where we explain just that. The history of and the life in the Soviet Union. From the perspective of the common man. Using my journalism skills, I combined the historical sources with the tales of the people and added a dash of the ever-present gallows humor to give you all of this and more. Look for the Eastern Border podcast on theeasternborder.lv, iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcasting app. But for now, enjoy this wonderful Dark Myths podcast. And remember, happiness is mandatory. See you on the other side of the Iron Curtain. So that's the Eastern Border. Yeah, check them out. I don't think there's anything else. Do you think there's anything else? I don't. And if there is, we'll get to it next week. Thanks for listening, everybody. For this episode of Blurry Photos, 
I've been David, two plus two equals Flora. And I've been Dave, certifiably not a pedophile stecco. (laughs) 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 Why? Why that book? (laughs) Why would you put something like that in there? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, bye. Ryan, you've been spending a lot of time on the mosquito-infested swamp that is the track and field area. That's right, Bob. I fought off no less than 13 blood-sucking little insects and probably one terrible case of Zika virus. 13 divided by 1 is 13, also the number of the complete 2016 women's gymnastics team, including the coaches. Back to you, Ryan. Wow, wow. Way to, way to throw that one out there, Bob. But yeah, it's it's been a very exciting day for uh, track and field. Of course, you know, the the headliner for these events, Usain Bolt, running for his seventh gold medal. And we've said this forever, two more gold medals in the future for him, at least. Usain Bolt, nine letters total, nine medals. That's right, although he will have to defer one of those medals to the 2020 Games because uh, there's only one event left uh, this year. But if you think about it, 2020, two and two is four. He holds the world record in the four by 100 meter relay. Four times 100. That's 400. He'll get 400 gold medals. Is that what you're saying? Well, what do you think 20 times 20 is, Bob? (laughs) Oh, here we go. And of course, he ran the 100 meter sprint today where he left off the block with the sound of one gunshot, ran 100 meters, and there had to be one gold medalist, Bob. That means one plus one is two, and then one plus zero plus zero is Is one. one. (laughs) Oh, you've got it. So you've got 21. Guess when he was born? The 21st of August. Guess when he won his first gold medal? What? When he was 21. Eight years ago. Eight to one. Eight times two times one is 16. 2016 is the year. And there you go, folks. You can't make this stuff up. You can't make it up.